1: Welcome to the Kings Insider podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham. Joining me today, perfect person for for this weather and also for uh, for Sacramento Kings information coming up to the trade deadline. Mister Sam Amick of the Athletic. What's going on, Sammy?
2: Perfect for this weather. I'm trying to figure out what that means, James. Am I? Am I gloomy? Am come, I? Uh,
1: come on, am Kings. I, <laughs> <laughs> am I? Am I? You
2: know, am I a wet blanket? What are you trying to get at here?
1: Uh, I, I'm just saying that that Kings moniker that that you like to use so much. Uh, I, I mean, Sam, it <laughs> I didn't say. start it. Uh, you didn't re- start it. No, we're you didn't start
2: pop culture here.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you're in tune with the fans of Sacramento, um, yes. Sam. The Kings are uh, they. We'll get to trade news in a minute. Uh, we'll get to sort of trade primer, but uh, the Kings always seem to find themselves in in odd situations, um, and, and uh, you know, let's be honest, completely avoidable odd situations. Um, this the current one with the assistant coaches. Uh, do you think this whole thing plays out all right, uh, or is it just another uh, and a long line of of things that you shake your head and. and just can't get your can't get out of your own way type situation with the kings
2: I think it plays out fine i'm i mean i'm I'm kind of you know I'm not sure what side I would take if I was putting my columnist hat on in terms of you know vladi tries to do conceivably a, a nice thing and and offer a gesture that rewards the assistant coaches for the job well done and aligns their contracts with Dave Yeagers, you know and then I understand the other side where they, they were not thrilled that, you know, Brandon Williams, the assistant GM, who's had so many problems with Dave, had been the one sending the paperwork. I know from Vlade's side that it, it, it was kind of the message being that, well, Brandon works for me and I asked him to do this and that's how this works. And I get that. But, it, you know, I also understand the other side. The sensitivity level wasn't necessarily there when it comes to the subplot and everything they've been through. And, you know, if somehow Kings fans haven't caught up by now, just that idea that he had something to do with the uh, earlier report this season that that Dave and his staff were on the hot seat. So, uh, you know, I I think they get past that. But it it is, even with all the success, you know, still always something in, in Kingsland.
1: You know, I think there's something I'm going to pull out there that I think some people are confused by this, why this is such a situation. You said Dave and his staff are on the hot seat. And I think people automatically think, okay, Jaeger's on the hot seat, whatever. What a lot of fans don't understand is that when a head coach loses his job, most of the time in the NBA, his assistants lose their job along with him. Uh, Any new head coach that comes in gets to hire his own staff. Uh, that is part of the NBA, you know. Sort of, it, it's the way it works. Uh, every NBA coach has it written into their contract that they get to uh, hire their own staff. So that's why this is sort of personal because not only is this group extremely tight, are they they're uh, friends of Dave Yeager's for years and years? But on top of that, when you talk about letting Dave Yeager go, that means that all of them are out of a job as well. So just so fans understand. That there is a little bit of confusion here about why the assistants might be upset with Brandon Williams as well. Um, but Sam, you also wrote in in your piece this week about the Sacramento Kings about uh, about Vlade calling and talking to a group of of owners and saying, "Look, let's just knock it off and start enjoying it." I've talked to Vlade since. Uh, I know exactly what he said to them, and like you do, but I, I've heard it from his angle. Uh, what's going on here why do we Why do we constantly have these situations here like this in Sacramento?
2: Well, I think to take the kings off the hook a little bit, um, the element of minority owners being challenging for a GM in a front office to deal with is not all that unique. Um, you know the, the tricky part there is that you end up having wildly successful people who cut fairly significant checks to, you know, be a minority owner for said team. But the way that the collective bargaining agreement is set up, more so just the bylaws of the team, they don't necessarily have any real voice. They could be upset about a coach. They could be upset about a GM. And and they don't have to, you know, nobody has to listen to them. Uh, The majority owner, the chairman is the one who gets the voice. And that's Rebecca Ranadive. And I think because of the unique way that this Kings organization was, you know, kind of stayed in Sacramento, uh, you you have leftover re- residue and resentment over the fact that Vivek is the number one guy. And because there, there was a time as that whole thing unfolded, as you know, as well as anybody, that it wasn't necessarily going to be the case that it was Vivek. It was maybe going to be Mark Mastroff, who was the minority owner, uh, you know, or something like that. Even the Jacobs family, as I have reported before, if you add up the independent parts of you know their shares, uh, they actually totaled more than a X, but that doesn't matter. That's not the way this this works. So I think this minority group, for all of those kind of stated reasons, has been louder than even your typical minority group. And you combine the fact, or you, it's kind of compounded by the fact that the Kings have struggled so much that there was a lot to complain about in the last couple of years. So that's, you know, how they got where they are now. With Vlade, this to me is the first time that he's had the leverage that comes with success and the fact that, When you have a winning record in mid-January when scouts front office personnel all over the nba thought this team was not going to win more than 20 games then you can puff your chest a little bit and tell people like these minority owners to pipe down
1: yeah and again talking to vlade about some of this stuff um i just think it's interesting because a lot of it is is really sort of typical stuff it's it's calling and saying hey you know, why don't we extend this guy? Or hey, why is that guy still there? Or are we going to get rid of this coaching set? It's it's sort of uh, the pipeline. You know, for the sake of, of sin,
2: not to totally cut you off, but for the sake of like, I feel like you took it far enough down that road. We might as well just kind of like be real about this. What you are referencing is, you know, hey, why don't you extend Dave Yeager? Hey, uh, you know, why is Brandon Williams still around? Uh, you know, and then and then even Vladdy's future being somewhat uncertain he's only on contract through next year so i I think you're hitting the nail on the head that some of these decisions that are forthcoming you know he's got people in his ear constantly telling him what they think that you know ought to be done he doesn't necessarily want their opinions at this point
1: there it is (laughs) that makes that makes a lot of sense you are listening to the king's insider podcast on nbc sports california brought to you by wendy's Wendy's new Bacon Maple Chicken Sandwich brings breakfast flavors to any time of the day. Juicy chicken, applewood smoked bacon, and maple glaze on a croissant bun make breakfast perfect for lunch or dinner at participating Wendy's for a limited time.
0: SMUD is rolling out time of day rates. While you'll pay more during peak hours 5 to 8 p.m., you'll pay less the rest of the time. You can control your bill by
1: reducing use between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. weekdays. Learn more at smud.org slash time of day. All right, Sam, so let's get to the good stuff. The good stuff is the Sacramento Kings are 23 and 21. They have a young core that's building. They got a lot of exciting young pieces. They actually had a stretch of games where they lost four in a row, and if you would have plugged Marvin Bagley in there, they might not have lost all four of those, and they could have a substantially better record. I know – You know, the the general NBA world had them anywhere between 20 and 25 wins. Vegas had them at 25 and a half, and they're currently two wins away from basically toppling the Vegas number, and we still have, you know, what is it, 38 games remaining in the season. So lots of good stuff, and also add in that they have $11 million in cap space in a weird NBA world where not a other, there's not one single team in the league outside of them that has any cap space to be a player at the trade deadline to, you know, sort of exceed and accept extra salary. Uh, They also have a bunch of expiring contracts. How active do you think the Sacramento Kings will be uh, come February 7th, between now and then?
2: I think fairly active. I haven't had it crystallized, you know, just yet, what they're shopping for. You know, rumors about Jeremy Lin, rumors about Ennis Cantor. Um, I think that both those guys represent at least one maybe a loose thread in terms of types of player which is conceivably just another veteran who could help with this playoff push as you know because they have no draft pick this year there's nothing to gain by losing they are obviously trying to win as much as possible and to break that playoff you know postseason list streak or that that drought that is the longest in the league going back to 2006 I mean for one it's it's kind of crazy that we're even talking about that being a real possibility in mid-january I still not to, again, be the wet blanket that you accuse me of being. It's going to be hard. Like, I I still think it's unlikely that they get that job done. But if they can go get uh, somebody like a Jeremy Lin or a a Cantor or somebody of that ilk to help either with their rebounding problems or with the depth on the wing, then I think they're going to try to do that.
1: Yeah, and and I don't think you're being a wet blanket totally. I I agree with you, Sam. uh, The road to the playoffs is extremely difficult, even if you look where they're at right now. Uh, They're on the outside looking in, but very close to the playoffs. But you're looking at a team that's above you, like the Lakers, that are eventually going to get LeBron James back. You're looking at the teams behind you, which are very good teams that just haven't figured out how to piece this thing together this season. So it's going to be a battle if they are going to make it. And their schedule isn't all that friendly. Um, Do you think that this year's trade season is going to be pretty wild? uh, Or do you think it's going to be dampered? Uh, by by all of the teams that are in contention, specifically in the West.
2: I think that it might be relatively tame, just because. And I, I should probably do this, you know, soon. I would I need to put together a list of guys that I actually think should be could be on the move because I just don't think. I think there's far more buyers than sellers, and once you know Atlanta is going to be a, a focal point. Uh, Kent Baysmore, Jeremy Lynn. Dwayne Dedman, all known to be on the market. Uh, You know, teams like that are few and far between when you're talking about buyers versus sellers. And because of the parity in the West right now, teams like the Kings, teams like Utah, uh, Memphis, you know, who already tried to tweak their roster, who really want and need to get in the playoffs, uh, you know, there's just going to be a lot more people calling out than there are going to be receiving calls. So uh, you will see how that part goes, but I, I can't remember a landscape quite like this in the Western conference when you legitimately still have, I mean, there's a little bit of a gap there, but you still have 14 teams that could be in the playoffs. Utah is one that just go ahead. And I think, you know, pen, you know, not even pencil just in, in permanent marker, put them in the playoffs. They've figured their things out uh, and, and there's only eight spots. So the musical chairs game is going to be pretty tough for the Kings.
1: Yeah. It's going to be brutal down the stretch. All right. Uh, can the Kings stay out of their own way? I guess that's that's uh, the last question. I mean, if you've got all of this money, all of this stuff, uh, you know, all of this positive vibe, um, is there at least some hope that they can figure this out and that you know these conversations that Vladi and others have uh, can actually make an impact and, and they can keep this thing going the right way?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, they all get paid a lot of money to deal with stuff that's not perfect. And by that, I mean, you know, I understand that, that Dave would love, you know, my my feeling and perception, I guess, is that he would love to, to, you know, not have the tension that comes with Brandon being around or even have him around, period. But I also look at it when it comes to choices. You know, I think Bloody is smart enough to know, you know, Brandon is an educated voice, Ken Catanella, Peja, educated voices. They do have to be careful and, and listen to every voice in the room right now when it comes to the moves they make and certainly Jaeger and his staff deserve a voice Um, and and you're I think hitting on an interesting point which is staying out of your way is not just minimizing drama. Staying out of your way is also not making a mistake with the cap room you had before the deadline um, not going crazy this summer when you have all that money in free agency and spending it on the wrong people You know, I'm okay with saying that luck always plays a part in pro sports so this is not a criticism but I mean they've had certain things that if they would have gone differently, who knows where we would be now? What if Zach Levine, you know, picked up that that restricted offer last summer? Would Buddy Heald be where he is? Like these these are little missteps that you know they they need to try to avoid and uh, and see if they can't take this thing to the next level.
1: There it is, Sam Amick. He's dropping knowledge like, what if the Kings would have drafted Damian Lillard over Thomas Robinson? And oh goodness What you if want they to play that game? What if they bot. Wouldn't have Drafted Jimmer For debt over Clay Thompson Or Kawhi Leonard We could do this All day Sam Hopefully uh, Steph Curry guy Pretty sure he was
2: Available when, he uh, when was. They took
1: Tyreek Evans When they drafted Tyreek Yeah so Hopefully the uh, the Kings can make Some decisions That actually Better this process And, and they pull some, some good strings Here at the Deadline uh, Thanks for joining Me Sam I know you got To run You got other Things to do But uh, always good To catch up And thanks for Taking the the time of course james thanks brother all right you've been listening to the king's insider podcast brought to you by wendy's if you haven't already please visit apple podcasts or google play to subscribe and if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review we would really appreciate it you can follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at nbcs authentic we'll be back next week with doug christie and another great guest thanks for tuning in kings fans we'll see you very soon